A weekend with Jason Dacey replay from Money FM 89.3. The beautiful game segment here on Money FM 89.3 with me, Jason Dacey. For that, we have Neil Humphreys, award winning author and new paper columnist, and also Pipo O, the former Home United and Algang United coach. Good to see you guys. Uh, firstly, Pipo, as a Singaporean, we're looking with great interest uh, to the Sunday night match. Uh, Thailand against Singapore at the same time it's uh, Indonesia against Philippines and tell us what the scenario is for Singapore to get through uh, Simple, Singapore beats Thailand and we are true. That's it, that's job it. done Yeah, job done <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it. That's saying, it. saying that, it's, it's, uh, it's not that simple yeah, it's not that easy you know, to go to Thailand and beat Thailand there um, but if we draw with Thailand and uh, Indonesia beat Philippines we still go through on goal difference and, of course, Thailand have won the last uh, couple of uh, AFF uh, mm. Suzuki Cups, uh, Neil. It's, uh, I mean, Singapore, we, we know, we, we've lived here a long time. We know the famous results Singapore has achieved against Thailand over yeah. the years. But yeah. this is a big ask for them, isn't it? Oh, it's very big. They have be- we know they've beaten uh, Thailand before in the past in Bangkok. This is a, a different proposition. I mean, I think even Fanny Ahmad would acknowledge that the gap is bigger now than, say, it was under the days of Radio Ramovic um, between Thailand and Singapore. I just feel it's such a shame that that game against the Philippines, Singapore's game, you know, if they could have just held on for a draw, we wouldn't be having this conversation now, would we, Philip? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Had we held on for a point in the Philippines, then mm. uh, yeah, maybe one point against Thailand would have gone through. But now, you know, we, we have to depend on ourselves and we need to go there and beat Thailand because I don't think Indonesia will beat Philippines. Yeah. No, yeah. and that's the issue because. That game against the Philippines uh, reminded me, ironically, of the game against Timor-Leste. I mean, although Singapore won uh, 6-1, I mean, I'd love to know what Philip thinks of this. The defensive vulnerabilities are still there. I mean, Timor-Leste, no disrespect, is a bit of a non-entity, but they scored with their first attack of the game, you know, against the run of the play. They didn't hardly attack the ball at all. One attack, one goal, Timor-Leste. Can't do that, can you? Yeah, uh, we definitely need to be secure when we play Thailand. You know, Mm. they've got good quality players there. Uh, You know, if I think back to Indonesia game, when Singapore played Indonesia, uh, defensively, we were, everybody, the whole team was defending well. Yes. But against Timor-Leste, because we needed to attack, that's when gaps were were available and that's how Timor scored the goal. Mm. So against Thailand, we, we need to revert back to how we played against Indonesia, which is defend with 11 players. And uh, yeah, and maybe hit Thailand on a counter-attack and score, just score one goal. So what is it? Is it a slight lack of tactical discipline or naivety? Because you're right, in that opening game, tremendous shape, I thought. Singapore's shape in that first game, very resolute, rugged at the back, Fandi at the back, uh, back there. You had Suffer one there, very strong. It reminded me of the old Singapore Tiger Cup days mm. of, of, uh, of our friend, the Blade of God, you know, Sassy yeah, Kumar and uh, Lim yeah, Tong yeah. Hai yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. those boys. A much more stronger, rugged uh, mm. kind of feel. But it seemed to lose that a little bit in some of the games. Right, especially against Timor when, yes. when, when they popped forward because they needed to score goals. Mm. Yeah, so we need a good balance, you know. When you want to go forward and defensively organised at the back, yeah, don't, don't just go and attack and forget about defending. Yeah, so, and especially I think against Thailand, definitely we won't, we won't be on the attack so often. No. You know, yeah, Thailand's going to dominate the possession. We're going to sit back. And, uh, but saying that, you know, nowadays the Thai team, they play the same way. Yeah. They, they play uh, uh, longer balls. They don't play the short passing game mm. like we, we used to see under uh, Zico, Kepisuk. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so it'll be interesting. I mean, you analyze the games for the FA. Yeah. For what the do AFF, you, yeah. For the AFF, sorry, yeah. What do you see? 
uh, from both Singapore and Thailand that gives you a little bit of hope? I mean, how should Singapore play this game? Uh, well, like I said, they have they have to defend well. Mm. You know, um, stay compact as a team. And this this Thai team, they they are missing some key players. Mm. Yeah, and I don't I don't think there is one player in the, in the Thai squad that is that is capable of. You know, they had they had Chanatip. Mm. Yeah. The, the Thailand Messi yeah know. yeah in, in this squad I, I I don't think there is one guy that is like him mm. so if we can stay compact and Thailand can pass and pass and pass but they don't have one player that will will you know beat a player with a dribble yeah. which Chanatip has mm. in in his in his weapon so I think Singapore stand a chance because if we can frustrate the Thais by staying resolute staying compact and the ties will just pass and pass and pass and they can't break down Singapore. And then set pieces, hope for a set. Five out of our six goals against yeah. Timor-Leste were set pieces. We've got some big boys. Yes, we do. This Singapore squad currently, we have many, many players that can. They are very mm. good in the air. Mm. Safwan especially, you know. Yes. He's gone to Australia and he can outjump the Australians. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I, definitely he is a weapon for us. So, if the ties... Don't mark him well in set pieces. I think Southbound will score. We're talking AFF uh, Suzuki Cup, previewing Singapore's final group game against Thailand on Sunday night. You know, people, uh, there was a lot of gloom and doom around Singapore football, but looking at the way Fundy has got this team playing, would you say they've kind of maybe overachieved compared to the expectations? Uh, well, one thing, when Fundy came in, um, he brought in young players. It was a fresh change. And of course, the way the way we approach the game now, you know, it's no, it's no, no longer sitting back yeah. all the time. But when there's a chance to attack, we are attacking. Mm. Yeah. I think as fans, you know, um, the fans who want to come to the stadium and enjoy a game of football. Yeah. Win, lose or draw, it doesn't matter. But at least, you know, the fans go there and get excited. I think the 6-1 win against Timor-Leste could have been probably 15-1. <laughs> yes. But the fans were happy. They were excited. Iksan scoring the, the bicycle kick. Mm, you know, you could see goal. the fans standing up cheering. And, mm. and that's, what, that's what people want to pay money for. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't matter in the end what's the scoreline, but go there and get, get, get be excited about it. Yeah. That, that bicycle kick, by the way, from Fandi Jr. Iksan, yeah. was very poignant because it was the hundred, Singapore's 100th goal in the tournament and Fandi Ahmad himself scored the first goal in 1996 so it came full circle very nicely no I agree I mean it's very different to the the previous incarnation of the Lions I mean Jeez, before it was like they, they won a prize if they stepped over the halfway mm, line. Yeah, now no negative. Much more positive. Mm. Okay, it was only Timor Leste, but he still went with two up front. That's unusual for mm, Singapore. Yeah. You went Ikshan Fandi and, and, of course, the veteran, Cairo Amri. Yeah. Very positive. Stronger, muscular, more resolute. Yes, it's a bit rudimentary at times, but you play to your strengths. We've got big, tall lads. We're not going to play like Messi. We're not going to play like Spain or Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. We don't have Iniesta, Xavi type of players. Mm. We have bigger guys yeah. up front, target men, Andy Carroll types, but yeah. they don't fall over and get injured. <laughs> so you've got to play to your strengths. And I think Fani has been very pragmatic. I don't necessarily agree that he has um, overachieved. I expected there to be a slight honeymoon period mm-hmm. under Fandi because I do think we've got some good young boys. Mm-hmm. Philip knows yep. that better than I do. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they wasn't really getting the game time before, were they? That's right. Uh, before, you know, before Fandi came on board, uh, we were we were still having the, the old guards, you know. Yeah. No disrespect to Daniel. Great servants. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no disrespect to Mustafa and Daniel Bennett, you mm-hmm. know. But we, we need to move on. Yeah. I, you know, you read, you read about England, Gareth Southgate, telling the players that the, your places are not secured we will keep changing mm. and I think that that is very important because the, the players have to be on their toes they have to keep performing not not be in the team and say 
no worries. No one's going to take over me. Mm. Yeah. So this young boy is coming in, you know, the right back, Zhu Kanayan. Mm. Look, he's from nowhere and now he's the first choice right back. Mm. So now we've got Farid, we've got Nazru Nazari, who sits, who's sitting on a bench. They have to work hard now to, to fight back the place. That's one thing I noticed because, uh, you know, working for ESPN FC over the last few years, I was around a lot of Singapore training sessions and there was such a happy vibe about their training. Yeah. I used to go down to Geelong Field. But in a way, uh, Neil, it felt like a comfort zone to me. It just felt that there wasn't any pressure on the likes mm. of, you know, Bahaki or yeah. whether it's, you know, Faris Ramli or Kyra Lamri. But now we're seeing pressure. Well, I think Philippe makes a very profound point there, making the comparison to England, because I do think you can draw parallels there. Mm. Because that generation, if you like, was very much Singapore's golden generation, the Wayne Rooney generation yeah. of Singapore football. Cult of personality, cult of celebrity. They were always generally going to get picked. You could almost guess Singapore's first yeah, 11. No like you could guess England's first yep. 11 for yep. the longest time. But football has changed very rapidly in the last sort of three to five years. We've mentioned this before, yes. actually. The way that football's moved to that faster, high-pressing, high-defensive lines, quick counter-attacking across the board. I mean, yes, Pep Guardiola pioneered it, but now Jurgen Klopp does it, Pochettino does it. Mm. He just promoted a kid this week, Juan Foyf, 20 years old. No yeah. one ever heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's a regular centre-back. Mm. That's the way football has gone at international level, and it's good to see Fandi doing what basically the rest of the world mm. is doing, which is picking younger, faster players to deal with a tactical evolution that basically leaves slower, older players behind. Yep, and Safwan Baradin with a hat-trick at centre-back. I, I, I didn't realise he was playing centre-back, coming up with a hat-trick. I've worked a lot with him over the years. First Singaporean to play in the A-League with Melbourne City. Should yes. have stayed, in yes. my opinion. Yes. Had a great opportunity. Scored two goals in six games. Played in a Melbourne derby. Played with Damien Duff. And I think David Veer was there at the time as well. So... How important will he be uh, in this match against uh, Thailand? Because I think he's a winner, Safwan. Yes, he is. Um, you know, before this, he was playing striker. Yeah, he can Singapore. play everywhere. He can play right back, left back. He's a good utility player. Yes. Everywhere. Where but, can he, he can't play goalkeeper, maybe. Yeah, but his best position is definitely centre-back. You, you know? Yes, he is. He's quick. He is, he's comfortable on the ball. He's good in the air. And yeah, his, to me now, back when he plays back in defence, especially when he's got a young right back, he's got young Efran Fandi there, mm. he is so crucial to Singapore. Yeah. He's 27 veteran I, I, You know, I just, I wish he'd stayed in Australia. He should I, have. Oh, he got homesick, It broke I think. my he heart when he left. Yeah, he? Yes, he should have stayed there. Because I, I wrote at the time, uh, a column I wrote for 442, and it kind of went viral, that he was our first social media footballer. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, Overnight, he became more famous than Fadi Ahmad mm. because when he scored that goal for Melbourne, yeah, the first who, of them. who are owned by the City Football Group, yeah. they tweeted the goal. Uh, Manchester City tweeted the goal. The New York City side yeah. tweeted the goal, and within one sort of twenty-four hour social media news cycle. Millions, and that's not an exaggeration, millions of people had seen his goal and started thinking, who is this boy? Safuan, yeah. who is this boy? So in one day, he became famous than, more famous than Fadi Ahmad over globally, 20 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah globally. Yeah. And I was desperate for him to stay in mm. Australia. It's just, what is it? What is it, Philippe? Why do we keep coming back? I mean, Fadi's boy had the chance in Portugal. He came back. Safuan came back. And Fadi himself came back. And Fadi himself, of course. Well, I think uh, sometimes it's about taking risks in, in life. Mm. Yeah, But uh, too often we want to stay in the comfort zone. Mm. Yeah, um, Of course, coming back to, to Southeast Asia is much easier than, than to stay in Australia. Mm. Yeah, But I, do, I really do not know what was, what was the fine details of, of right. him not 
staying them. Yeah, I think yeah. he had a bit of a back injury as well that was mentioned. In the, it was a loan deal from Lions 12, of course. It right. wasn't a, a Correct. full move. But even even just leaving, we've said this before, just leaving domestically and going to an international setup. I mean, Gabriel Quack, I think this changed. He's, he's morphed into a completely different, mm. confident winger now. Would you not yes. agree? Yeah, and he's not right. the only one. Yeah, the players that have all gone overseas, uh, they've come back and they performed well. You could see the change in Gabriel, you know. Definitely. The last time, the last time in, in, in certain games, he would just disappear. Mm. But now he's so much more consistent. And when he loses the ball, he fights now. Yeah. You could see that. Yeah. He was a luxury player there for a while, but now he's a real And he's player. lost that uh, Chinese tag, you know, the, 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 the lone Chinese <laughs> yeah. footballer playing yeah. at a national level. He doesn't have to worry about that no. when he's playing overseas. Different yeah. player. And he's not the only one. If you look at some of those boys who are playing in Johor, in yeah. Thailand, yeah. it's an unfortunate unexpected benefit of the S-League or Singapore Premier League now, you know, going down the youth road. Mm. It's affected our domestic league, sadly. Yeah. But that core of players who went overseas, they've definitely improved. Yep. Definitely. Okay, well, good luck to Singapore on Sunday night as they face Thailand away from home. Let's hope they can get the result that will get them through to the last four of the 2018 AFF Suzuki Cup.